Welcome back to Heaving Bosoms, the podcast where two best friends recap romance novels while giggling, snorting, pulling no punches, and generally being awesome. Today, we're starting out with a Patreon shout out because our patrons are amazing. We are so thankful for them and they deserve to be worshipped forever. Kimberly L., you are descended from Priapos, a rustic god of abundance, guardian of domesticated animals, a protector of bees and gardens, and a fixture in humorous tales. You are a wonderfully sweet soul who connects easily with animals, and you serve as a refuge to many, animal and human alike. You project a safe, protective vibe without trying, and yet you manage to also be boisterous and fucking hilarious. Finally, and I'm not sure if anyone has told you this before, but you give off some serious BDE. That's big dick energy for the uninitiated. You can thank Priapus for that too, because he had a famously large penis. So, get on with your bad self, Kimberly, and never change. Oh, and happy Thanksgiving, American HBs! It's Thanksgiving week! We have a themed episode for you, so get ready for our breakdown of Thanksgiving by Janet Ivanovich. It's a book where pretty much everything seemed to come out of nowhere and provided much hilarity. Here we go! Hi, Aaron. Hi, Aaron. Hi, Aaron. Hi, Aaron. (laughs) Melody, Melody, Melody. It's really nice to see your face. It's nice to see your face. It's been a little bit because we've been recording with authors lately. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, this is our Thanksgiving episode and I am super, super thankful for you. I'm thankful for you. Yeah. And the podcast and the listener. Yeah. And the listener has listened to our podcast 500,000 times. I don't know how... She, he, or they managed to do it. I don't either. But that person managed to click download 500,000 times. Well, more now. Now it's a lot more. Listener, thank Isn't you for your incredible? dedication. Yeah, thank you. And your I diligence. I don't think that's physically possible with the, the laws of time. I know. And day jobs. But you did it. Woo. Good job. Good yeah. job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're making us feel really, really good, listener. And for that, we salute you and we bow down to you simultaneously. <laughs> that's right so Aaron, a new thing has happened in my house oh yeah is it valor doing um sleep deprivation exercises on you oh that's still going yes oh good it's not as bad but it is definitely still going no an international sensation has hit our house a phenomenon what? if you will did you start listening to k-pop or something oh no that seems like something would happen to you anyway what's up <laughs> Nope. Ember discovered Frozen for the first time. (laughs) Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, wonderful. Incredible. Just in time for the second one. Just in time for the second one. But seriously, he now will decide Alexa should play the same song in a row at least 10 times, and then he'll switch to a new song. Today... It was, do you want to build a snowman first? Oh, God, it that's was the worst go. one of all. I know. And then there's this one, I think it's the first song. It's like Frozen Head or Frozen 
mad. Frozen Head is not a song from Frozen. I'm pretty confident in this. Frozen Head. (laughs) I don't know, but I can't remember it because he can't remember it. And so he'll be like, Alexa, play Frozen Head song. (laughs) Alexa. Uh Uh-huh. Is he articulate enough to get Alexa to light up? About 50% of the time. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. A lot of times he mumbles at it. A lot of times he'll be facing the wrong direction. A lot of mm-hmm. times he's eating a cracker simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Like, but yeah, he um is super into it. I will randomly hear throughout the house him just going, let it go. <laughs> <laughs> it's frozen heart. I was close, bitch. I was that's, close. That's much more like a song sounding <laughs> than frozen head. I'm sorry. I would be a frozen head around Elsa. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you would. The most fun thing was watching him process a new story. Because mm-hmm. I was like, what happened this time? And he was like, Mom, Elsa and Anna said a lot of words. Mm-hmm. And then Elsa got so mad. And then she mm-hmm. turned blue. And then <laughs> but his- and then she created life. Yeah. That is one of Elsa's powers. Not only can she make things cold, and make snowstorms, mm-hmm. but also create life, <laughs> which I feel like is a really unexplored uh-huh. part of Elsa's power. I feel like animating things into yeah. living beings should be explored more in the Frozen movies. <laughs> Probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe maybe in the second one we'll get that. Yeah, but that I doubt it. And, and some some hot, hot, who is it, Sven oh, kissing? What's no, Sven is the reindeer. Yeah, um, you're looking too. for Kristoff. Kristoff. Yeah, and I one. just really hope there's just some rated R, just some really <laughs> great. <laughs> some Kristoff porn. Yeah. God, no. I No, that would ruin it for me, I think. I'm sure that exists somewhere, and I think Ooh. that would really ick me out to the worst. My yes. vocabulary is doing great today. The most really diligent listener it. in the land, please do not uh-huh. email us. Kristoff porn. Thank you. Do not. Yeah, do don't not. do it. Do don't not. Do and it. please know that I'm not looking for it. Right. Just want that to be said. Right. Okay. So, Aaron. Right. Yeah, we read a book. We did that. Technically. It took us a while. It did. To do it. <laughs> we haven't <laughs> recorded together in three weeks. Yeah. And the only thing we had to do in this last three weeks was to read a 250-page book, uh-huh. which is not hard. In fact, at the beginning of this three weeks, I thought... Maybe I'll read a book for pleasure. Yeah, same. I didn't. No. I couldn't. No, didn't. Because nope. I kept chipping away at this thing. And I was just avoiding my Kindle a lot of times. Yeah, I, didn't I was just like, I don't want to wanna look at it right now. I didn't want to. Um, Question. Okay, yeah, Aaron, hit me with it. Is this the worst book we've read for the podcast? And I want you to be thinking about it. Okay. Shades of Vampires. Ooh, yeah. A Knight in Shining Armor. Listen, that one, the the characters tracked, even though uh-huh. they had wacky tracking. Hey, I'm asking if this is worse, and that sounds like you are saying it was worse. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. The one with the Vikings. <laughs> what was that? Also, and that was what's really face? good writing. Yeah, we a lot just of rapes, it. But right. very dark, good mm-hmm. writing. <laughs> I believe this to be and also i just want to say one more blue own category we're not no, even how gonna dare it. We're, how dare it it's just its own thing we're not <laughs> yes. gonna compare poor janet ivanovich no. to one more blue national treasure fucking janet ivanovich yeah, does not, not deserve we're not, that we're not no <laughs> but at the same time 
I think this may be the worst book I've read for the podcast because I hated it so bad. Yeah, the characters didn't make any sense ever. Every single character's personality was the same style of quirkiness. Oh, which is not a personality. No, quirk is not a personality. And this is the story of two insane people who are terrible in every way towards themselves, each other, and me, and society. And Melody specifically <laughs> falling in love? Like, did or, they fall in love? Or did, did they just they... resign themselves? Did they decide to be in love? Or did they gaslight each other until both of them were so gaslit they thought it was love? That's a great theory. <laughs> like, I feel gaslit by the book. I do. Because I would be reading and just be like, did I miss something? And yeah. by something, did I miss book? Was there book? <laughs> Because I feel like I missed book, but I did read book. I read all of book. I hated book, Melody. And I love Stephanie Plum, but I hated book. Same. I love Stephanie Plum. I hope this isn't just like what all of her romances feel like. Listen, I think this predates Stephanie Plum. Does it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. This is like, this is like 2009. I think. No. No. Really? Yeah. I'm going to look again. I remember it being like the 80s. Yeah. Well, I was complaining about it at Romance Book Club yesterday to my friend Karen. Yeah. And she looked it up and said it was 2009. So. Um. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> really? Yes. No, that's not possible. Thanksgiving copyright circa 1988 by Janet Ivanovich. Oh, good. Okay. Copyright 2006 by, by Ivanovich. Okay. Yeah. So, so I she think must have just been looking at a new new version of it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. this book was originally published as oh a love gosh. swept paperback in 1988. Okay. That's why. That's why. Okay. That's why. This if is a very, very 88 cover. I would like to see it. Um Same. because when HB Emmy, I believe it was, yeah. uh, sent us her Prince Joe cover from like mm-hmm. 1980 Schmurf, I With was or 1986 or whatever. Uh it was so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that quaff. <laughs> um okay it makes me feel a little bit better because i did see there were parts of this that felt plum-esque yes and i was worried that she was just like forcing a romance that really wasn't like maybe romance is not her comfort area and that kind of felt forced but now i'm just realizing it's probably before she evolved yeah, <laughs> because the, right because here's the thing stephanie plum series was partially brilliant because she was a grounding force in a very chaotic universe yes everybody else was crazy exactly and this book every single main character reads like a stephanie plum side character Mm. on like crack yes on even more so yes so let's do it we have two sociopaths two what are their names meg megan megan and and pat why pat pat Patrick. And if you're going to have a pat, describe him sexy. Like He's not. A non-sexy pat. Mm-hmm. He's cute. He has a cute face. He's got a button nose yeah. about him. In the first two pages of this, I was about it. We've got Megan. Megan Murphy. Yeah. She is wearing her period costume because mm-hmm. she works at Colonial Williamsburg. Fuck yeah, she does. A fact that sounds like it's going to come back because it of does the not. setting. But doesn't really because Never. she forgets about her job there, it seems like, mm-hmm. for the rest of the book. Or maybe she only works on the weekends. She does only work on the weekends. Yes. 
However, later in the book, she decides to, like, move away. Yes. And there's no discussion of, like, her job at Colonial Williamsburg. Nope. Ending or whatever. Uh Uh-uh. Anyway, so she works there. So she's in her period dress and leaves are crunching all around. It's fall. It's beautiful. What a crisp, what a crisp breeze. This pumpkin slut was about it. Yeah. Like, tits out for pumpkins. Like, she's opening up her, like, scone or what? She's got, like, a Mm. scone and, like, a PSL, like, an 88 PSL. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm all, I'm all for, because I know I like her writing. Same. So like, yeah. I'm all in. And then page three hit. Yep. And this bunny comes up. There's, there's a fucking bunny. There's Which bunny. also kind of never comes, I was thinking that never. this bunny would be like a cute character throughout. No, no. No, it Bunny's comes up gone. one more time at Thanksgiving yeah. dinner. That's it. Oh, I didn't even notice. I, I think they starve this bunny <laughs> because nobody feeds it. Nobody cares about it. This poor bunny. Okay, so it comes up. It's eating her dress. And she is, like, getting her dress away from the bunny. The bunny is cute or whatever. Holy Toledo, she shouted. Oh, my gosh. Her exclamations and his are all... He's very, like, for devil's sake all the time. Like, oopsie daisies. <laughs> like, that kind of stuff. It's just like, I think it's meant to be endearing. It's not to me. But the thing is, everything about him is like that. Yeah. So it's not like he's super hot, but, or super has it together, but, or mm-hmm. is like, you know, it's not like he has one quirky thing. It's all weird, quirky things. Mm-hmm. And together, that does not make an attractive man to me. So he comes up. It's his bunny. Another quirky thing about him. He's also wearing white tennis shoes that had yes. seen better days. The laces were broken and tied in knots. And the left shoe was stitched together with what appeared to be surgical sutures. Mm. Trying to steal my rabbit, huh? Yeah. A voice said from far above her. Mm. What a hot, sexy <laughs> man with just the sexiest disgusting tennis <laughs> shoes like is that supposed to endear him to me i was just like Bleh. i you know what i just didn't understand what it was for later Why? on it's supposed to be that he's a pediatrician with a fledgling practice and so he's trying to save as much money as possible on in, in some ways how about this right don't live in colonial fucking williamsburg right. i mean don't have a bunny don't right. make applesauce for fun and burn it. Like, there's right. so many things this guy could do to cut back on expenses that don't involve, like, shoe stitching together. Just go mm-hmm. to fucking a Target and get $10 shoes, my man. Yeah, you're supposed to be a professional that people put their children's lives in the hands of. Yeah. If I went into <laughs> a pediatrician's office and the pediatrician had broken, dirty shoes that were stitched together with his surgical implements, I would be yeah. like, no. Check, I'm, please. Yeah, I gotta go. I'm done. I'm gonna drive to not Colonial Williamsburg for any other doctor. Yeah, that's that's also an issue. You don't want a Colonial Williamsburg doctor. You need a modern type doctor. <laughs> <laughs> but his practice is not in yeah, Colonial no, no, Williamsburg. No. Um, but anyway, they have like I guess banter um, about the rabbit, where he's like, "Get your dress away from my rabbit," and she's like, "Get your rabbit away from my dress." Yes, I had some hope for him. Because he referred to the rabbit as his roommate, which I like. You know, you've that, done that I from do, time to I time. I do refer to Rooster as my right. roommate. Although he didn't say roommate, he said roomie. Yeah. So I should have really, I should have really been <laughs> smarter about that. Flag, yeah. Honestly. She's like, well, your roomie ate my skirt. And he said, are you kidding me? I hope he doesn't get sick. Bad enough you tried to steal him. But feeding him your skirt, you should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah. I mean, and then I he's guess like, this funny. is my name. Yeah. But then we clip to his perspective yes and he's like i should have kissed her 
I should have kissed her right there. And it's like, what? What? Why would you have kissed this strange woman that you just met on the street? She's a stranger. It does not matter how attractive she is. You should not have kissed her. You guys just talked about your bunny and then you walked away. But in his like internal monologue, he's saying there was nothing average about her mouth. It was soft and pink and full. That's fine. Yeah. But then he says, he'd almost kissed her, exclamation point. And it's yeah. like news to us from Megan's perspective. Right. There was no tension whatsoever. There in was this no inkling. They At were all. not close together in any way. There was no forced close to d- togetherness. No one dropped something and had to bend down and became close to her. No, nothing like that. It says, he threw his head back and laughed at that alone. This man is alone. He <laughs> no, has with his rabbit. Thought. His roomy sure, rabbit. Sure, you're Aaron. right. He <laughs> is with his rabbit. He throws his head back and laughs. Wouldn't she have been surprised? Wouldn't he? It wasn't in his nature to go around kissing strangers. Is it, Pat? Yeah. Because it sounds like it was, though. It is? I don't know. So then um, it's she's a day like later. walking around Williamsburg the next day and she sees the rabbit. Just it's just out and about. The street. And yeah. she's like, this it's guy is hopping. bad at taking care of his rabbit. Yeah. I will return the rabbit to him. Mm-hmm. Somebody says where he lives or something. They they tell her that that's Dr. Hunter's rabbit. And right. he and lives she's here. Like, and she's like, doctor? doctor? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> that changes everything yesterday he was kind of cute she wouldn't classify him as handsome but maybe huggable and now Uh she's like yeah yowzer is a doctor that's right like oh it's so gross so then she marches over she tosses the rabbit into her cape which is a weird move like you just you just hold it like a football bro like you just hold it it's a rabbit did you know rabbits hate getting picked up? Yeah. Hate it. Yeah. That's not what they do. They don't like being away from the ground. They're no. not climbers. They're not tree animals. They no. like being on they the ground. They don't have shocks on it. their joints like cats do. Yeah. So guys, don't scoop up a rabbit no. just for funsies. Pet it on the ground. Yeah. Okay. So she tosses this rabbit into her cape and she clomps off in her giant buckled black leather shoes because she's yes. in colonial garb. Right. She arrives at his door. My God. And she realizes that the rabbit has eaten a hole in her wool cape mm-hmm. in a matter of four blocks. This rabbit is very hungry for her clothes. I mean, I, maybe, like I said, I think he might starve his rabbit. I didn't see him feed this I, rabbit once. It's like, I, I never see the rabbit again after. It's such a <laughs> crucial part of the beginning of this yeah. book. And then, okay, also, Aaron, wouldn't you think that maybe it would be the rabbit that brings them together in the end instead of a different random barnyard animal? <laughs> I would think that the rabbit would have fuck all of anything to do with the rest of this book. I was ready for this cute rabbit to be my saving grace in this book, to be like the thing that saved it for me, that there was a rabbit around that could do cute rabbit shit. Right. It never happens again. It never comes back. Okay. So so he opens the door before she knocks. And he says, I saw you stomp up my stairs. Is this a social call? What? Are you a human? Is this an alien romance? What the fuck is that? Is this a social call? What? And she's like, no, I have your rabbit. You're a bad rabbit owner. It got out again. What if it were killed? Wait, and the way that he tells her, the way that he alerts her to the hole in her mm-hmm. wool, her period garb mm-hmm. is, 
I see you've been feeding him again. Patrick, that's obviously not what happened. Yeah. (laughs) How about, I'm sorry. No, she did not feed him the middle of her cape, Patrick. (laughs) I don't understand. He's outside for, they say two things. He says, hey, what's going on? She says, I have your rabbit. He says, there's a hole in your cape or that. Uh Then she says, so I just, I'm trying to get the time down. Very short amount of time. Very short. She says, I smell something burning. He says, my applesauce throws the rabbit. Flung the rabbit at her. And runs inside. Okay. Applesauce, is it not a low heat item? Low heat, long time. I just feel like. If applesauce is going to burn, it's like over the course of hours, not within a 15 second time frame. Mm -hmm. So he goes, his applesauce is ruined. And I'm like, I just hate this man. There's so many things now. (laughs) I am now, when the applesauce happened, I am all the way to hate. Because I'm like, Mm -hmm. anyone who's like, my applesauce is not somebody I want to fuck. That's the end. Mm -hmm. That was the end of him for me. Here at 6% (laughs) into the book, I'm like, he's no longer an attractive man. He's really obsessed with his applesauce that he's making. And then meanwhile, she is a 27-year-old person who has lived on her own for years. Yes. And he says, I suppose these things happen. And her response was, hmm, I wouldn't know. I haven't gotten around to learning how to cook. I can toast bread and boil water and defrost most anything, but I can't actually cook. Which is fine, right? Yeah, that's okay. But wait. (laughs) Within two days, these two decide to host a traditional Thanksgiving dinner together when neither of them barely know how to boil water. But also that I thought, I thought, because both of them had made this statement that they don't know how to cook, that the traditional Thanksgiving dinner, there would be hijinks. Oh, yeah. Because of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like them like trying to learn how to cook, burning shit. Trying things, mm-hmm. adorable things. Going would to cooking classes, yeah, maybe. But two days later, she's arms deep in a pie crust, and she's like, yeah. "Did you know pie crust making was hard?" Anyway, here's a perfect version. Here's of a this per- pie. here's a pie. What pie crust is fucking hard to make? It just is. Yeah. I don't care who you are; it's hard. Mm-hmm. And she starts off with that and just makes the most perfectest pumpkin pie there is. Then they make cranberry sauce by themselves, yeah, which is also kind of hard. It is. Oh. I mean, at the very least, it's a lot of work, especially if you can just get the canned stuff that's delicious. Yeah. But also, if he can't cook mm-hmm. applesauce, like, yeah, I what, feel like that's an advanced doing? maneuver. Right. Applesauce is-, is something that's really available at the store. You have to want it's to cook applesauce. It's on every grocery stuff. store shelf. Yeah. Like a like a strudel is easier. Right. Okay. So let's let's get to what happens here. Okay. Sure. Sure. Because sure. I have a lot to say. <laughs> <laughs> so they're standing there in this kitchen bickering over applesauce or something who knows and all of a sudden the door to his personal abode his personal home i'm glad you're on the same page as me (laughs) at his personal where he lives house yes opens and a woman shuffles in and a teenager comes in with a baby with a a distraught crying teenager again she just walks in she knocks and upon Somebody not answering the door. She just Opens walks into the door. his home. But she gets his inside Colonial Casa. Williamsburg, which I don't really understand. There are people that live there, and that is yes. a thing. I don't know how, like, they... Because you have to pay to get into Colonial Williamsburg. I don't know if they have, like, a thing they flash to, like, get home because huh. there's, like, gates and shit. Like, you, you have to, like... 
pay to get into Colonial Williamsburg. So I assume that the people that live there have some kind of like credentials or something that they use. I don't know. Maybe Mm. maybe there are parts that you have to pay to get into and parts that you can't. I've only been there like four times. Sure. But I know that it's like 200 bucks to get into Colonial Williamsburg because I remember being astounded each time that I was like, what? 200? This isn't Disney World. (laughs) So I'm like, did Tilly drop like $200 to get to his house? Because if so... Use that on your baby, Tilly. Use that on your baby, Tilly. Um, anyway. So she just appears in the kitchen with a well-swaddled baby, it says. Right. And a brown paper shopping bag in the other. I knocked, but nobody heard me, she said. I couldn't wait any longer. I have to go. Tears clung to her lower lashes and straggled down her cheeks. I have to go and I can't take the baby and I didn't know what to do. And then I thought of you. I knew you'd take good care of him for me, you and Mrs. Hunter. She deposited the baby in Megan's arms, and then she fucks off. No, no, no. Okay. Before she fucks off, she says this very crucial line. Yes. I'm real sorry I'm in such a rush, but if I don't go now, I'll miss my ride. I'll be back as soon as I can. Yes. Promise. Promise. It won't be any more than two weeks. Period. Yes. Remember that, HBs. Yes. It won't be any more than two weeks. Then she fucks off. Then she fucks off. Melody. Aaron. What would you have done in this scenario? Chased her down? Question mark? Asked for an explanation? Yeah. Question mark? Asked for contact information? Question mark? Anything. What drove her to this point? And maybe we can fix it? In a way where she doesn't have to leave her baby with a stranger? You want to know what the heroine says instead? (laughs) I would love you to read it. So he starts howling and she says, this kid is loud. How do I get it to stop? No, that's not right. Okay, so then we find out that this baby is a patient of Pat's. Yeah. And that he had seen the baby a few days ago. So this, I guess, like teenage mother and she's been a really good mother the whole time she's been bringing him for regular checkups he's a healthy happy kid and so it's surprising him that this is happening so there's so many options here this baby (laughs) is a patient of yours pat that means that you have the contact information for its mother well okay so i have more questions about this because this was written in 1988 and listen i was one Mm -hmm. okay so i don't know a lot of things about 1988 Mm -hmm. however Later on, it, so he has the contact information, but what, for, what yes. we find out from her later is that, like, she ran away from home and didn't want to talk to her mom and everybody because she was having this baby and she didn't want anybody to know. Yeah. So That's my fine. thought was he would have her apartment and her home phone number, yeah. right? So if she fucks off, he can't necessarily. But, but Melanie, then, did but he then, try? Did he try? No, he didn't even try. He, he didn't, didn't try. I mean, they stop by the apartment, both of them individually, I guess. But like, that's not, she would come to you. Like mm-hmm. she would come get her baby. Anyway, then later on, it says that the dad, when we finally find out about the dad, he calls her on her cell phone, <gasps> which first of all, I don't think a broke teenager would be able to have the kind of cash that a 1988 cell phone would cost. Oh my God. But second of all, wouldn't her cell phone be, be on the on doctor's the records? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, see, my whole thought like, was at least try. Oh, yeah. Like, remember in Shades of Vampires 
Probably and it was not. like she had a cell and phone and we're like, memory. how do you not call? Like, <laughs> yeah. and we, then we later find out that the cell phone was like rigged or like a special vampire witch cell right. phone that like right, only right, right. worked for one thing or whatever. But we're like, she didn't because even try. Witches. She didn't even try to like right. call her BFF or like call the FBI or whatever <laughs> right. to be like kidnapped by vampires on yes. Secret Witch Island. Yes. That's what he needed to do. He needed to call <laughs> Tilly and be like, Captured by vampires on Secret Witch Island with your baby. Come back, please. Yeah, but instead they're both like, well, I guess we have a baby for at least two weeks, even though we only have about two days worth of supplies. Are they? What? Or are they like, we have a baby forever. It's our I know. baby. I know. <laughs> because there was a little bit of that going A little on. bit? <laughs> a little bit? <laughs> okay, so they set up this system because wait, she doesn't wait, 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 wait. work. I oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Please, please. Bing, boom, bong. There is a discussion about should we call the authorities? And then it's like, no, because the child might end up in foster care. Right. Yay. I know. Like, wouldn't it be great if we could find a relative of Tilly's to take this baby who maybe knows how to find Tilly? Or maybe we could put the baby with somebody who might have, like, I don't know, legal authority to have it. Right. Or maybe, how about if we call the authorities, we can get, like a doctor to check out the baby and like police reports can be run and see what's going on with Tilly. And yeah. I just, I am, I was, when they said we're not going to call the authorities because of maybe foster care, I lost my fucking mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was a lot. All right. Okay. You can continue. So they work out this system since she only works on the weekends. He's like, well, well, wait, no, they don't even work out a system. No. He gaslights her into watching him during the day. Yeah, basically. And he doesn't even check to see if she has a job during the day besides her weekend job. No. Because he's like, you're a colonial, colonial townsperson, so you only work on the weekends. Here, have a baby. Yeah. And calls her Mrs. Hunter, and then I think he smooches her. I think so. Yeah, he leaves because he's got to go to the hospital and leaves the baby with her during the day i think at his house oh because he says look we've got all the essentials yes. here i'm going to the office to get timmy's file and see if i can track down tilly he says oh okay so maybe he does track down tilly no but he doesn't because he could have just followed her out his front door <laughs> Aaron. all right so he leaves she's staying with the baby she's very like i don't know about babies i don't like babies whatever 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 he leaves. He comes back. She's wait, wait, like, wait. I'm sorry. I do have to. I just have to do a little bit of dialogue. I'm sorry. So he's like, I'm going to go to the office to mm-hmm. get the paperwork. And she's mm-hmm. like, you won't be gone long, will you? Because let's review. She's never met a baby before in her life. Yes. Never met one. Never. And so he looks at her and he goes, what a wench. We hardly know each other. And you already can't get enough of me. Love at first sight, huh? And then he tweaks her freckled nose Yes. And smiled as he closed his front door. She had a terrible temper, he thought. Couldn't cook and didn't know squat about babies. But yes. damned if she didn't look good in his kitchen. Yep. Guys. Yeah. Okay. So then he comes back and, uh, oh, she's like asleep in front of the fireplace with Timmy in her arms. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, she looks real hot and sexy in the mothering role in my house. And it's mm-hmm. weird because he's known this woman for a total of three hours. May I read from that moment? Please. He liked the way she looked in his kitchen. I, I want, I, for you guys, I just want you to know nothing has happened. There has been no dialogue, nothing that we haven't no. shared with you. This was as out of nowhere for us as it is for you right now. Yes. He liked the way she looked in his kitchen, but he was overwhelmed by the sight of her in his rocking chair. 
she was the most provocative creature he'd ever encountered. We've had a conversation about the bunny, and then the girl came to get the baby, and he left. That's it. That yeah, and it. She, she looked at him, and she said, how do you get this thing to shut up? Yeah, that's it. That's all that's happened. Patrick, he warned himself, she's not the sort to mess with. This was a woman with strong convictions, intense emotions, and morals. He literally knows nothing about her. Nothing. Yeah. Damn it. She had hands off written all over her. He walked over to her and pushed a long, silky strand of hair behind her ear. He wanted to continue touching her until his hands had memorized every square inch of satiny skin. No. She looked at him drowsily. I think my arm is dead. Your arm, he said, from holding the baby. You guys. Such scintillating dialogue. Uh, they know nothing about each other. So he says, I can't keep this child. I have to turn him over to the authorities. And Megan says, why? Why? Oh, boy, Pat thought. He'd seen that look before. It happened shortly after childbirth. As a pediatrician, he had a healthy respect for the protective instincts accompanying motherhood. And after two hours of exposure to Timmy Coogan, Megan had obviously caught adoptive hormonal maternalitis. That's a thing. Go actually fuck yourself. Actually, you know what, though, Melody? To death. What? <laughs> Uh, judging from this book, it is a thing. I mean, Patrick's I, making I know. some assumptions about Megan, but they turn out to be true. They do. They do. Okay, so he, she's like, you could get a babysitter. And he's like, okay, I'll let you babysit, but only if you agree to, you agree to have supper with us every night. I think it's important for a family to be together at the dinner table. Megan smiled triumphantly and wrapped her cape around herself. Deal! She whisked out the front door and headed for the car, mm -hmm. and then she stopped short and gasped. Matt Patrick Hunter had manipulated her. Yes. That no-good, irresistible skunk had wheedled her into taking care of the baby. Irresistible? All of a sudden? Like, what, what happened in I her mind? Listen, when I did that no happen? Idea. And then, I have so no it's idea. the next morning. She goes home. It's the next morning that he, like, comes to her house and drops the baby off. At, like, 5.30 in the morning. She had no right. idea he was coming this early. And so she answers the door and is like, and, yeah. he's, and she's like, well, I have to work and stuff. And he had no idea that she had a day job except for her weekends at Colonial Williamsburg. Then he's like, I need to kiss her. Yeah. It's something that I must do. I'm compelled to do it. She has expressed no interest in me, so I don't know how this is going to go. And then he yeah. thinks, oh, hell, sliding his hands along her neck, it would be Ugh. worth a broken nose to get a good morning kiss. You guys. What? No. And then they, they do. They and make then they, out. And then he kisses her. And it's a good kiss, I guess. Maybe? She gets offended that she says, you have some nerve having an innocent little nose. She's always obsessed with his really cute nose, which is like yeah. a big turnoff for me. And mm -hmm. then kissing like Conan the Barbarian. She swallowed and put her hand to her chest to keep her heart from breaking through the skin. And in front of the baby, what will he think? What? Lady. First of all, <laughs> that baby cannot write long-term memories yet. So oh. shut the fuck up. Then she thinks, what a great kiss, but it doesn't matter because I'm done with men forever. Yeah, she's a done with men. She's a done with men. She's no yeah. longer with men. She's done with them. And then she says, God. So he bolts through the doorway and then pause. Oh, I guess he says this. Yeah, he says this about that kiss. 
I don't want you to think I'm easy. I don't think you're easy. I think you're nuts. I think you're a sex maniac. He grinned and waved. What? Good. I was worried. What? Yeah. I don't understand. So he goes to work. He so comes he leaves home. this bitch with this baby for 12 hours. Yes. So he gets home. She's trying to, like, feed it. It's funny. The b- babies are bad at eating. Ha <laughs> ha. They spill everything and, like, spit on your hair and stuff. You guys, that's a lot of this book. They're covered in green beans all the time. Surprise. I was not about it. I did I not find it, it cute. All I could think was, besides keep your babies out of my romance novels, all I could think was call the cops. Can somebody call yes. the cops? Where is You Tilly? guys should not be responsible is she for this child. suicidal? Is she in trouble? Is she homeless? Is she in danger? What's going on with Tilly? Is she in a ditch somewhere, Erin? Is she in a ditch somewhere? Yeah, exactly. He keeps referring to her as Mrs. Hunter, which is his last name. Ew, I don't um, like Because it. Tilly made that mistake when she dropped the baby off. And mm-hmm. she's very like, I'm not Mrs. Hunter. But then she's like, I could be, though. She knows nothing about him. I don't even know if they have any, like, sexual tension. I guess she liked it when he kissed him. kissed her a little bit. Yeah. But then she kept on being like, but it can never happen again. Yeah. So this happens like over and over again. May I every day. Though? Because yes. this is super weird. So mm-hmm. this is that night. They're feeding the baby. Yeah. He says, we're a family. You're Mrs. Hunter. What would people say if we did? Oh, because he wants her to stay for Thanksgiving with his family. Yes. We're a family. You're Mrs. Hunter. What would people say if we didn't spend Thanksgiving together? I'm not Mrs. Hunter. We're not a family. I don't give a flying monkey what people say. What a weird thing to say. Sure. Please, he said. It was the first time she'd seen him totally serious. Again, in two days. Mm-hmm. And it left her speechless. His eyes were unsettling when they were teasing, but they were devastating when they were serious. And he had spoken in a husky whisper that could have persuaded her to do almost anything. Pat was even more surprised than Megan. The unnerving truth was that he couldn't imagine a Thanksgiving without her. He knew it was crazy, but he had actually thought of her as Mrs. Hunter. He yeah. suspected it was because all day he'd been fantasizing about performing wifely functions, most of them in her God. satiny nightgown. Yeah, there's just no chemistry here. There's nothing to indicate that except that she's telling us that, if that makes sense. But also, like, I'm sorry. I have, like, jobs or whatever, but I am home-based. And right now, we have a pretty gender-stratified relationship with my breastfeeding and Mm -hmm. the baby always needing or Mm -hmm. wanting me and, like, all that nonsense. And if I ever heard Michael fantasizing at the shop about me doing wifely duties <laughs> i think i would have to be out like that's literally all i do all day a lot of times but god damn it it well, no see, was he talking about like wifely duties like sex no i thought he meant he was sex. talking about like taking out the trash Oh, and like wearing an apron over her satin nightgown, oh, I think. See, or both like, are gross. Like fantasizing about your wife doing chores is gross. Fantasizing about sex, but calling it wifely duties, oh, also God. gross. Like, there's no way that makes that okay. But that's what I thought it was, and I'm like, ew. ew. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So then, like, this just happens a few more times. Like, he drops her off, he comes home, but like, they don't really learn. But anything. every time. He keeps on trying to attack her out of nowhere. Yes, he tries yes. to attack her face. Mm-hmm. At one point, I think he's like chasing her around the kitchen. And she's like, yeah. get away from me. There is a time where she like goes up to her room to like get something or I don't remember what it was. And he yeah. was like, oh, it's a ruse to get me upstairs to her bedroom. And then 
No, it was like she was tired, I think. She was going to go Yeah, no, she said she was going to go get something. And then she randomly, because she's a random person, Mm -hmm. prostrates herself on her bed and lays down and like, and goes to sleep. And he gets in there and like snuggles in and is like, hey, Mrs. Hunter. And she's like, what? enters her bed when she's sleeping. Granted, she should not have been sleeping again because there is an infant downstairs that she agreed to take care of, right? So, like, yes, wake the bitch up. Do not enter her bed without her permission, yeah. you weirdo. And when he's like Mrs. Hunter, which she said, I don't Ugh. like that. Yeah. And then turns around and he goes, sexy lady. Mm-mm. Sexy lady. No. Mm-mm. No. No, sir. Get out of that house. No, sir. And she keeps on doing things like she was like, oh, he got really randy when I was in my satin nightgown. So this time I'm going to put on crazy sweatpants so that I look totally yeah. gross when he arrives. And that doesn't work. And then other things don't work. The first like third of this book is her desperately trying to keep his body off of hers and him being like, God, she's so hot. Oh, my gosh. She's so quirky hot. We're both so quirky hot. Look at my button nose. Can I read a quirky hot? Yeah, please. So one night he comes home and she's again, like I had mentioned earlier, made the perfect pumpkin pie. Oh, yeah. He says it's really hot in here. She says, I have the oven on and the fire is going and her heart is racing, she thought. If he didn't kiss her, she was going to tear his shirt off. And that's the other thing. She's like very into him, but she's also very like, yes, how dare you? It's very weird. Yes. If he didn't kiss her, she was going to tear his shirt off and pin him to the kitchen floor. No, she shouted silently. <laughs> what? I know. So she just goes, wow. Oh. <laughs> no, she shouted silently. That was wrong. That was not what she was going to do. Remember? Remember the bag? Yep, that's what she said. Yep, that's not what she was... I was like, that's not right. Remember the bag? But I guess it is. I don't know what that was. Remember the bag? Remember Dave? Which, by the way, it turns out is one of her three to two ex-fiancés. Two, but then three. Two, but then three. And then it said, okay, it says, remember Dave? She hit herself on the on head, the head with, with, a with the wooden spoon. spoon. You Hats guys. Eyes widened. Why'd you do that? I deserved it, she said. <laughs> Have you what? ever thought about hitting yourself in the head with something for having a thought that was bad in front of another person? <laughs> That's so weird. Also, think about somebody just mouthing the word no and then whacking <laughs> themselves on the head in front of you after just <laughs> casually mentioning that the oven is on and the fire is going. <sighs> Lady! What's so then, happening? so then, so then she makes him the pie crust. He gives her a kiss and says he's proud of her. Then he says, do you want to get married? Yeah. And he kind of means it. And she's like, no. And he's like, want to go to bed with me? And she's like, no. But she also like in her internal but she model does. does want to get married to him and does want to go to bed. And at this point, these are the facts we know. Megan, yeah. hot, sexy lady, super red sexy, haired. red cool, hair, cool. perfect yep. body. That's yeah. what I know about Megan. Works at Colonial Sculpted Williamsburg. by the patriarchy, yes. if you will. Makes yeah. teapots during the week. That's her job uh, that she's so like, I have a job. I can't watch a baby because she's making teapots. Uh-huh. That's it. I don't know where she grew up. I don't know about her two ex-fiancés. I don't know anything I don't know about, about her personality. I, I literally know nothing what about bag? her preferences or likes or anything. Pat? All I know is that she can go from not being able to boil water to making a perfect pie and then whacking herself with a spoon. Yes. What? Pat, I know, is a pediatrician. 
and has a bunny. Mm-hmm. Period. That is also hates buying new shoes. Yeah, yes. <laughs> but I mean, as far as these two hitting it off or having anything in common or any chemistry or understanding anything about them, we know nothing. And we are at marriage for both of them. They both want to marry each other. Yeah, but the the dialogue is want to get married? No. Want to go to bed? You want to get conked with my wooden spoon? You didn't answer my question. Hmm. Hmm. That's encouraging. He brushed his lips lightly against hers. Like that's that's the way they speak to each other. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what how you learn about a person like that. And she says she wants him to be her very platonic friend. Mm-hmm. She's not clear in her brain, but she's very clear out loud to him that she yes. does not want to have a romantic relationship. Yeah, she says, "I like you. You're fun. You're nice to me. You're great with Timmy." And then she says, the simple truth is that you don't fit into my future, at least not in a romantic way. I'd like to think of you as a friend, a very platonic friend. Right. The corners of his mouth tightened almost imperceptibly and his brown eyes darkened. I'd like to think of you as a friend. I'd also like to think of you as a lover. You're not cooperating. Nope. How dare you just disregard my feelings? I've been totally honest with you. And I'm being honest with you. I want you, Megan Murphy. And I'm going to do everything I can to get you. Mm -hmm. Holy cow, she says. And honestly, that his whole like, I'm persistent and like that. that I do not like like that trope. I don't like it. I know. I know. But that trope may have been fine with me if I knew or liked anything else about these people. You know what I mean? If it was if it was on a really sexy man or yeah, if if it were anywhere else, I think I maybe could have bought it. But it just on top of everything else, I was just like, why? What are these people? And then she says, maybe we should dump the honest approach. Maybe I should go home. He took her jacket lapels in his hands and gently pressed her against the front door. Not Mm going to stay for pie. This isn't fair, she said thickly. You have a bogus nose. Yes, that is how they talk to each other. Yes. Then she tells him she ha- he has a nice ass, right? Yeah, she says, it's the sort of perfect little nose you find on the boy next door. It's um innocent. I shouldn't have paid any attention to it. I should have sized you up by your backside. You have a killer behind. She's obsessed with his nose throughout. It's very weird. Yeah. All right. Next, we get Next. like a long nonsense description of Colonial Williamsburg, which I actually kind of liked. Um, the herbs I parts of this part were better than the regular dialogue parts of this book, so I read them hard. <laughs> we learn about her boring childhood. That's the other thing. When we do get backgrounds on these people, they're just boring. It's just like, I have a family. I grew up in a place. Like, it's completely well, arbitrary. Sort of. The, the thing that's necessary to know about her family is that they are very serious about her settling down. They believe that, like, college for women is to get an MRS degree. Mm-hmm. And they have somehow, even though she seems to be a fairly headstrong person throughout this novel, mm-hmm. they've somehow talked her into getting engaged two times to men she almost loathed. Yeah, and did not like at all. Yeah. But at the same time, the background about her family and his family told me a lot about their families. But didn't tell me anything about them. No, as not at people. all. You know what I mean? It was like, yep. I'm from New Jersey. It's like, okay, well, what does that say about you? Nothing. Yeah. Like, my parents are like this. Okay, and that made you right. what? It, it's just like, it does not inform me anything about their characters. But she tries to check up on Tilly's house, right? 
Yeah, I don't even remember. What I do remember I is remember this. Either. She's like walking mm-hmm. through Colonial Williamsburg and she's looking at the women that get to wear like the nice fancy costumes for uh-huh. Colonial Williamsburg. And she's like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to look like one of those ladies in their fancy costumes because I don't look good and am not pretty. And the buttons on my dress are forever bursting off because I've had one too many sugar cookies. Yep. Let's talk. I'm not the smallest girl in the world. I like a sugar nope. cookie. Uh, Megan mm-hmm. is, we've been told, the smallest girl in the world. She is. Described that ever... way multiple times. And I've I've sat down and eaten a lot of food in my time. <laughs> in one thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Have you ever had a button burst off <laughs> of something you're wearing? Because you just, like, one extra sugar cookie and then just the buttons on what you're wearing just go... Not a single time. No, but this is, quote, forever happening to poor Megan. She just has one too many sugar cookies and the buttons fly off her dress. (laughs) Sorry, that, like, all the sentences in this book are like that, but that one was just particularly hilarious to me. She'd have, like, a dainty bite of a cookie and then Uh all the buttons would just be like, yep. Well, especially since the way that she the way that she connects that in her synapses is to then come to the conclusion that she's destined to be a peasant. Yes, <laughs> as oh, a result. Yeah, that's true too. We're <laughs> never gonna let her wear the fancy dresses because of her <laughs> button popping problem. <laughs> of course. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's just a lot of like herbs during this section, but also we clip at one point to um to Pat. And he says that as soon as Thanksgiving is over, because they're really busy getting ready for Thanksgiving mm-hmm. with his family, as soon as Thanksgiving is over, he's going to hire a detective and a lawyer to adopt Timmy. Yeah. We've had this kid four days. So we're going to hire a private detective to make sure Tilly's situation is shitty and she doesn't deserve to have her kid back. And then we're going to adopt him? together together question mark yes. or just him no because he starts thinking at this point he definitely wants to marry megan That's he's right. all the way in on marrying megan because they won't let him adopt timmy yes. if he's unmarried he believes this based on no research whatsoever into the yes. laws he just assumes this based on his own assumption of who should be able to adopt children yeah but also 1988 that may have been true i don't know maybe but just know right now it's not so if you want to adopt a kid and it's just you you can Right. Okay, I think. I don't know. In most states, I would think so. Yeah, it depends on the state, I think. Okay, Um. so then they go on a dinner date to the King's Arms. Oh, my God. <laughs> have I ever told you my Colonial Williamsburg bar story? <laughs> no, but you have to now. I got fucking, I got plastered at a Colonial Williamsburg bar one time. Just fucking shit house all the way. <laughs> And I don't get like that drunk that often, so no. like it's a it was a weird moment for me. Mm-hmm. My <laughs> friends and I, it must have been during some some like army training situation. Mm-hmm. I think we were headed. We were in the Charlottesville area, maybe the Fort Lee area. I'm not sure mm-hmm. which one's closer, but we were headed from point A to point B, and we assumed we'd find something to eat along the way. Oh, and it was too late. It was like too late for anything to be open. And we're like on Yelp trying to figure out what happened and why we ended up in this. I don't know if it was like a Sunday night or something. Like it was just there was nothing open. Yeah. The only place open that Mm -hmm. served food 
was mm-hmm. a colonial Williamsburg bar. And I don't know, I don't remember what the name of it was. It was not the King's Arms. It was not the fancy restaurant. It was a tavern bar nice. um, that you didn't have to enter Colonial Williamsburg to be a patron of. Ooh, brilliant. So we're like, okay. And we went there and it was like a functioning bar, but it also had all the period people there serving. Ooh. Like it was, it was like a farce, but it was also a bar. And this guy would come around to the table and do napkin magic tricks and they were dirty napkin magic tricks but they were dirty because it was like a bar so it would be like there would be like a dick joke in it it would be like i don't know how to say it like he would like tie the napkin and make like a little show of like this is the lady and this is the man and there's the dick like it was crazy and he was like a creepy old man who like definitely really enjoyed doing these dirty napkin jokes from the time period there was like a little little band playing their little string instruments mm-hmm. and we ate like disgusting shepherd pie you know cheese bowl foods uh-huh. and uh just got shit housed like <laughs> i don't remember who the driver was i'm sure they didn't but i got crazy drunk on like mead or whatever and i thought those jokes were the funniest thing <laughs> i'd ever seen in my life and i kept calling the guy over to like do more and you can tell this guy's like i know 10 like right. i i'm i'm at you work right now of them. they teach me a limited number of these that were real from the time period and now i'm out and i would be like do the do the other one again teach me how like i have a napkin teach me it <laughs> teach me how to do the dick part i was a mess <laughs> I like to imagine that during the scene where they went to the king's arms, that he was there. Yes. Amazing. This is a weird dinner so They date. eat, like, oyster pie and stuff. Yeah. The, the food at Colonial Williamsburg places not great. is historically accurate. It is not, not great. sexy food. It is Mm-mm. food that sits like a brick in your stomach because it's yeah. like a bowl of cheese and a crust of bread, which sounds good until you're facing it down. And then you're like, oh, it's just a bowl of cheese. <laughs> Or until you're trying to like rhythmically thrust onto someone. Sure, that's not going to sit well then, tell you that much. (laughs) But she like does a flirt. She like does a little flirt. And like she like licks some kind of like a something off her finger and is like, oh God, I forgot about that. And she's like like talking about like, why don't you find out more about me? And then he flirts back (laughs) and she's like, how dare you? Yeah, weird. But that's basically that. She gets mad at him for flirting with her, even though she's flirting with him. Yeah. Very strange. But that's so much of this book. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's like one person does something that the other person likes, and the other person just comes at their jugular for no reason. For something that they liked. Yeah. Like, I don't understand. Then they do a movie night in his bedroom because he gets a TV for his birthday. They hook it up in the bedroom and then they watch Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh. And then she cries so much that she's inconsolable and he has to like oh my God. comfort her. Yep. And then after that, sorry, I'm just running through the plot, but I feel like the plot itself <laughs> is funny enough that I'm keeping it going. No, I know. Like then <laughs> after that is when she tells him that she has womanly needs. Yeah. And a biological clock, and he better fuck her right now. Not right after the now. movie. I mean, like a totally different day. 
And he's mm-hmm. just like, oh, okay, it's on. And she's like, yeah, I'm going to start this cabbage, which is going to take three hours, which really set the scene for me. Mm. Oh, man. I was boiling about this stinky, cabbage. Stinky cabbage. <laughs> Stinking up that little cottage. I'm so happy. Ooh, that red mm. cabbage really gets my, my sexy juices going. Yeah. And then he thinks about how he's like way <sighs> too tired to ravish her right now. Yeah. But then I guess he does. I guess, but it fades to black. God damn it. Whatever. Because nobody can have nice things. Although I don't, I don't think I don't want to see, see these two genitals. No, I, I don't want to see their genitals. So then, is that when her parents come? I think so. Okay. Yeah. All right. Meanwhile, they're taking care of baby left and right. Oh, yeah. They're Baby's like, there. In fact, oh, wait, the reason wait, they watched during, Winnie the yes. Pooh was to screen it to make sure it was appropriate for a baby. How is Winnie the Pooh not appropriate for a child? But also, Nothing is appropriate or inappropriate yeah. for a baby. I mean... Show that he baby should not be having Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That he's baby only, doesn't care. He's only 10 months old. It's going to fuck with his ocular nerve. Like, not too much screen time. It messes with their verbal processes. It shouldn't happen. But, you know, cool. That's fine. But again, I, just, I don't think that baby cares whether it's Schindler's List or Winnie the Pooh. I don't it think. It can't write long-term memory. It knows. Also, and then, and then at some point, they try to bone down, but to me, gets a starts teething and it's, I think that it's was this after magical the, i think it's after winnie the pooh the, the movie yeah they yeah because they were kissed. supposed to do it yeah then but then they didn't so the crazy thing about this whole teething episode is that this kid teeths for about three hours overnight and then we never talk about it again <laughs> no that's not how that works god damn it okay so now He's hanging out at her house. He had nothing to wear after the ravishing, I want to say. And he's wearing her pink robe. <laughs> Man in a pink robe. God, oh my gosh, it's, funny. it's so funny. It's You can see his leg hair and stuff, guys. Pink and, and robe and She talks about open. his a lot. And then... Oh, no, because uh, he, he runs over in the rain or something like that. Yeah. And so she puts his... At that time? I don't I know. think so. Doesn't Picture matter. it, guys. He's in his the pink robe. He's in the kitchen. He's holding right. the baby. Her parents walk in to surprise her for Thanksgiving. Boundaries, people. Don't you fucking dare. <laughs> yes. like, but what happens next, you guys, is that Megan's father punches Pat, punches Pat the fuck out in the face. For being in his daughter's house in a robe with a baby that they've already clarified for him is not theirs. And like naked or whatever. Yeah. Like in her robe or whatever. She's 27 years old. 27, thrice or twice engaged, depending on the moment you're talking to her. Correct. Punches him in the face. And like he's bleeding everywhere Mm -hmm. all over her pink robe. Yeah. It's not cool. Then they separate the men's. Yes. Then we go to Patrick's perspective and he says, he says, he says, he to says, her, did your dad punch all of your other ex-boyfriends? So I guess he's her boyfriend now. And she right. said, no, but none of them ever slept over at my house. So thrice engaged, no sleepovers, yeah. but not yeah. a virgin because I guess not because she never mentioned it if she was. But mm-hmm. then when she says that, he's like, ex-boyfriends? I don't really like the idea that she's talking about ex-boyfriends right now. And it's like, Pat, you asked. 
who asked. And then he goes the next step to say, I actually really like her dad for punching me in the face. Yeah, because I'd like to punch them in the face. And I'm like, everybody needs to stop. Just stop. Just stop Stop. reading this book. Just scrap this book and start over. Nobody owns her. Scrap it. Nobody owns her. God damn it. Then she talks to her mom. The mom finds out that he's a pediatrician. And she's immediately planning the wedding. Then all of a sudden, we're going to have a Christmas wedding. She can't wait. Okay. So, oh my God. So then his parents show up. Yes. And the next day, they all get together. And by then, magically, Patrick and the dad are totally cool. They're to the point where they can make jokes about how hard Pat's nose is. Yeah. And how much his hand hurts and her, 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 her man stuff. Yeah. And the moms are like, so it's going to be a Christmas Eve wedding and oh we're going to do X, Y, and Z. And it's going to be this and that. She's over there making like three layer cakes. Yeah. She's or something really complicated now. all of a sudden. And I think, yeah, this just occurred to me because there's yeah. so much crazy that you really <laughs> have to like sift through it. <laughs> Her dad's a cop. Is that right? I have zero recollection of that, but I'm going to go with I believe him to be a it. cop. Okay. I'm like 90% sure of this. Yeah. They go in. She's like, this uh-huh. is Pat. This is not our baby. Right. No one in yeah. his family or her family really ever follows up on the this isn't our baby aspect Other of the situation. Other than to say, I'm so excited for you to adopt him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're Everybody right. is so happen. excited about them keeping this oh baby God. together. This baby that is not theirs. Tilly said two weeks Where y'all. is Tilly? She, she said could be weeks. in a ditch. Oh is she being chased by the mob? They're like, even the cop? Oh, my God. What? <laughs> oh, my God. What? What? Not one, but two mandatory reporters in this room <laughs> that we know of. We have a pediatrician and a law enforcement officer. Oh, my God. We're breaking laws. We're not only... Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Bing, boom, bong. Mandatory yes, reporting with Aaron. <laughs> Just being like, yay, baby. Can't wait to adopt it. Can't wait to steal this baby from a teenager oh, who might be in a ditch, you guys. Let's hire a private detective to make sure she's an unfit mother so that I can keep it. Hashtag justice for Tilly. Oh my a God. lot. Hashtag justice for Timmy. Can we talk about how her name is Tilly, his name is Timmy, and the rabbit's name is Tibbles? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I mean, not as if I'm ever going to see Tibbles again. We're far no. past that. <laughs> Tibbles ever I can't like Jesus. Actually, there's only a reference to Tibbles, and I'll tell you about it later because it's disgusting. Okay, don't let I me forget. It. Okay, so wait, yeah, can I tell you that yes. the other reason I had to stop with this book quite a bit huh. was that it actually broke my heart in places because this poor, poor, not even one year old, he's like to the point where he's he's a little bit verbal, and so he'll get really upset. Yeah, and he'll start going. Mom, 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 mom. Try the like audio crying. Did you listen oh, to God, an I, audio at all? No, I you couldn't. Guys, I think I, I would like die. I 15 bucks on this book on Kindle and then another <laughs> fucking 15 on Audible just because I had to finish it. Oh my God, thank drive. you, patrons. Thank you so much to our patrons. Thank you to our patrons, but also you're welcome, Janet Ivanovic, <laughs> because I did not enjoy one moment of this book. 
<laughs> and I gave you 30 of my dollars. <laughs> and I also understand she did not receive 30 of my dollars. I'm just yeah, saying yeah, yeah, my yeah. sacrifice was $30 for this thing. <laughs> but I actually started tearing up when poor Timmy was mom, just sitting there. Mom, 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 wanting oh, his mom. And you guys, oh no! The Thanksgiving hijinks are what you think they the bird they is don't exist. So big, they the, drop the bird it is twenty seven pounds. Floor. Wait a second! Wait a Sorry, second! No, up? Bing Boom Bong. Yes, Thanksgiving turkeys and butchering animals with Melody. Okay, twenty seven pounds is big, but like my baby is almost twenty seven pounds. You can move a twenty seven pound wow. turkey. I can't a twenty seven pound turkey about eating really? and carving up your baby Fitz, like stop it that's pretty <laughs> dark melody wow a 27 pound turkey easily fits into a standard oven how many ovens have you put your child into it's like <laughs> ember and valor and we're like hansel and gretel am i right we're just fattening them up <laughs> oh my gosh but like the way that they try to maneuver this turkey, Tanya has that has that technique where she she does like the bird half of the time on its breast so that it yeah. soaks up all the juices. Yeah, I do. And that then too. you've got to flip the bird. Yeah. Tanya and I have flipped the bird with like a twenty five pound turkey. I just you don't toss the turkey onto the floor, Patrick, especially since forks in it and expects that to do it. I know, right? I I don't even I don't even know with this person. Two clean oven mitts and just palm it. I don't. And then just wash them. There are many techniques that would have worked. Two clean oven mitts and then wash (gasps) them. You want to know what happens, Erin? Yeah. It it slides across the floor and leaves like a turkey slug slime, whatever, whatever. But then somebody mentions that Tibbles the rabbit has been cavorting all around the kitchen all day. Okay. Cool. Shitting everywhere and shedding everywhere. Yeah. And it's now all over this bird and none of them, none of them wipe it down. Nope. Nothing. They just take it straight to the table. And we have to endure like another like pack of kids during this time being like, ew, it's like a slug and I'm not going to eat it. And it's like, if I wanted right. to listen to kids whine about shit and not <laughs> eating turkey, I wouldn't read a romance novel. <laughs> um, okay. Anyway. So at the table, it's awkward because they're like, so when's the wedding? And Patrick is like, well, Actively really planning the, it. The bride. Yeah, right. It, aren't the mothers. Haven't they already decided this? It's not a but joke. Patrick kicks the can down the the table and he's like, the bride gets to decide that. And so she decides to start playing along for no reason because no. she has been militantly against this the whole book. Mm-hmm. And she's like, it's going to be Christmas Eve. It's going to be great. And so then Thanksgiving is like over, I guess. Yeah. And they all go their separate ways. Except that before before the end, the mom mentions to her that the she invited her ex-fiance Dave. All right, let's just get this out because I don't know when this actually comes out. Sure. She at one point tells, I think Patrick. it's this next like walk that they take actually the, yeah. the next day. She tells Patrick that she has been engaged three times and she has three times been rejected for marriage by men. The first Meanwhile, was in kindergarten. Wait, wait, wait. Up until this point, she has been saying two times. Yes. So when this three times came out, I was like, what the fuck is going on? Right. Turns out it was this thing that happened in kindergarten, which is not a thing that happened. It is not a thing, but the it's kid not a thing. proposed to her and then like rejected her or whatever. So the second one, I forget even what happened with the second one. It doesn't, one. nothing happens. Oh, he I do decided know. to I do move. Know. No, it's important though. 
because they were engaged and she basically she never even said yes her parents were just like yes you're engaged we're gonna plan this wedding it's great because they wanted her to be married by the time she left college and Uh she didn't want to marry him but she was just gonna go get along with it and then he decided not to marry her and took her ring off while she was asleep in the school library and just fucked off and left and then like didn't graduate because he skipped town right (laughs) because he so didn't want to marry her which i understand and then the third one dave her family again really convinced her to be engaged to and he loved her family so much and was like so cool with her dad and stuff and they got all the way to the altar and she says to pat I was standing there at the altar wondering, what the hell am I doing here? I don't love this man. I cannot be married to this man for the rest of my life just because my parents want me to be. Uh huh. And I believe then she was going to say no. But it turns out that Dave then walked away from the altar and devastated. He just walked down the aisle. So she's, she's created a narrative where twice she's been engaged to men where she did not under any circumstances want to marry them but uh-huh. yet because they're the ones that rejected her she didn't communicate her needs and wishes right she was willing to marry dave even though she was she standing said yes. at the altar feeling like she did not want to be there uh-huh she is and she doesn't say to herself thank god her yeah yeah instead of being like but she doesn't think thank god thank she goodness. doesn't think thank god that's she what i mean I, she should be I thinking can't believe thank he god did this to me yeah it's insane i know takes the ring back so mom has invited dave to come out for thanksgiving without talking to his daughter her daughter yeah mom's rationale for this is we didn't know you were dating someone let alone a doctor how dare you as if i don't understand this family i don't understand this dynamic it was like we've bumped into dave and he might be willing to take you back we didn't right. know that you had another option. Right. My God. So they say that Dave is going to be coming by tomorrow, like Black Friday, basically. Right. Well, they go on this walk. She, te- she tells him all these things about her past and stuff. And she's talking about how she actually may really want to get married to him. And he's like, oh, my God, I can't get married to somebody right now. I'm a doctor. Yeah. I'm poor. I'm trying to start at this practice. I have three years where I might be moving and stuff. And it's like, you were the one. Four hours in, pushing for begging this. her to marry you while the, the whole cabbage time. was brewing or whatever last week. And like every he, day. He just does a complete 180 with no explanation whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. Other than like maybe it actually getting real. Like that's the only thing I can think of. I don't know. For this complete 180. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, oh wait, so, wait, but, but this is also the conversation where she talks about how she wants a horse. So just. Oh, that's right. And, on and the then she says. Lives a horse. Yeah. Period. That's all. And then she says, yeah, the property that I'm renting, it has a horse. The horse is really fat. Yeah, it's fat and it doesn't, it's unhappy. Yeah, its coat isn't sleek or whatever. And I'm like, I mean, also it's fall. It's getting its winter coat. She kind of fat shames this horse throughout. She does like this horse is fat. It looks unhappy. And she says, when I have a a horse, it's going to be sleek and spelt and pretty. Not like this old shitty fat horse that lives on my property. It's like... Hey, lay off the horse, you know? <laughs> right? Leave the horse alone. Sounds like that horse is living its best life. Just don't comment on horses' bodies or anybody's bodies. Stop <laughs> it. So then everybody's standing around and the door bursts open. Yes. No, that's not true. They knock, knock, knock. She opens the door. Tilly Coogan is standing there. 
Yeah. Tilly. Man. Aww. Tilly is back. Two weeks. Again. Two weeks. Like, like clockwork. She said she would. <laughs> and Megan is holding Timmy like with a death grip to yes. her body. Being yes. like, this was my baby. She says, you, she says or uh, thinks things like, I bought books about yeah. raising a child. I plan to adopt this child. I purchased a playpen. When, yeah. I mean, she keeps saying, I didn't expect her to come back. I didn't expect her to come back. I thought this was my child. And it's like, under what? Why? I know. She said, I'll be back as soon as I can. Two weeks max. And somehow in that two weeks, she believes she's going to adopt this child. I I don't know. And she is somehow devastated by this. And so is Pat. Right. And, like, wouldn't you be so happy that she comes back? She's happy, healthy. There's now a father who wants the baby. There's a whole family. She's not in a ditch. Yeah. Especially since Timmy then jubilant with his little rosy cheeks starts going mom 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 and like mom, reaching mom, for mom, her mom, mom. because that's his mom you asshole so we find out the backstory of tilly it doesn't matter it also doesn't make a lick of sense no it doesn't just so but you she guys takes... know she was totally stable the whole time and she's she's just a crazy person as well yeah so. she just she just doesn't make any sense either so then we never see them again. They're no. going to go live and be a happy family. And Timmy is going to have his mom forever. Thank goodness. Not Thank in a ditch. goodness. Timmy is not involved with these two. anymore. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I can't imagine these two people trying to teach a toddler basic conversation. <laughs> like, okay. Then she goes full cray. She tailspins in a way that is impressive this is when it really goes off the rails you guys yeah she's like a golem with this baby up until this point she's been like i don't want to marry you i'm a single lady and i'm done with men and i'm only into fucking and i'm not into you know weddings and marriage i have to read it i have to okay please so previously they had talked about having a sex fest that day because all the families were gone so they had like had this joke kind of about having well not really he just like wanted to have sex and she didn't so there you go yeah. <laughs> the humor yeah <laughs> he goes want another plate of leftovers she says what she wanted was another baby megan realized she liked being a mother she was getting good at it she didn't uh-huh. want to go back to being a single person rattling around in her big old farmhouse by herself she looked at pat and thought a short sex fest might not be such a bad idea she couldn't have Tilly's baby, but oh she was pretty sure she could have Pat's. It'd be a terrific baby, too. Cute little nose. God, she's the so nose, fucking you guys. obsessed with the nose. Big brown eyes, perfect teeth. They should get married, of course, but there was no reason they couldn't get started making a baby right away. Why waste valuable time? If she got pregnant now, she could have a baby by the end of the summer. The trick was getting Pat to make a baby. He'd been very careful about that sort of thing. She might have to take manners in her, her own hands. Into her. She thought, she thought slyly. slyly. I have a note that says, if she pokes a hole in a motherfucking condom, I'm out. I am not reading this book anymore. We can't but thank out. goodness we she didn't. This is I'm our, sorry. This is our job I would have, kind of now. I would have been like, I don't know what happens at the end so of this book because I won't. He asks if, if she might want to go out to dinner. Yeah, because he's like, you've got a weird look in your eye. <laughs> yeah, do you want to go to dinner? And she's like, oh, good. 
perfect. This is perfect. We'll go to dinner. He'll propose to me. I I don't even know where she gets this from. Yeah. He'll propose to me. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. This is hilarious. She goes, a romantic restaurant, the perfect place for a proposal. Once she got the proposal out of the way, it would be clear sailing to motherhood. She rubbed her hands together in anticipation. This time it was going to work. She wasn't going to get dumped on. She wasn't going to get left at the altar. She was going to get pregnant. (laughs) What is this book? What What the fuck? I I was like, I was like jaw dropped edge of my seat when this was happening i was just like what happened she was already so crazy and then she took a left turn into like really really crazy so they drive they go to a place that's like a chili dogs and beer place i don't Uh remember why is somebody recommended it or something? Well, because he's like, we're going to try to get her to a fun place. We're going to have some beers. Yeah, we're going to throw some. Because he's kind of trying to comfort her. Yeah. But Pat is simultaneously being like, I want to go to a fun place. But I also don't really want to put anything sharp into her hand because she seems as though she could hurt herself or others. Right. He's literally thinking, should I let her go upstairs? Because will she jump out the window? Right. And he actually says to her, are you going to jump yeah. out the window? And she's like, ha ha ha. The window's not high enough. Not, yes. No, I'm not suicidal, but like, how, what a silly way to do it because the window's yeah. not high enough. <laughs> she goes, the worst, <laughs> the worst I could do is break my knees. And he's like, not if you went head first. And I'm like, Pat, you fucker, what are you doing? And she goes, but that would ruin my hair. You're crazy. <laughs> it's so terrifying. It's like it took a turn into a slasher movie. It did. All of a sudden, bananas. So her whole plan is they're going to go to have this meal. Uh, She's going to get a knock your socks off proposal out of nowhere. And then they'd rush back here and jump into bed. Yes. And then she goes, she really had her life under control now. Good thing she was such a level-headed person. Some women would have gone off the deep end after losing a baby, but not her. She was flexible. She could find creative solutions to problems like this. Like losing a baby. Some women would go off the deep end after losing a baby. I I know. Not your baby. Yeah. Not your baby. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, some women would go off the deep end. One of them is you, Megan. Well, and also, like, I don't know, that triggered me on a lot of levels that that I can barely even articulate. I can can see that that's true. No, I know, but, like, ah. But this isn't losing a baby. (laughs) I mean, there's something something very wrong with actually Uh, saying what would normally commonly be meant by some women would go off the deep end after losing a baby. Right. That's its own pile of no. Yes. This isn't even losing a baby. Like, just calling what happened to her losing a baby is not... This was not... not, Timmy is fine. Timmy is exactly where he should be. I, I almost was like... Wait, I had to go back and be like, did Tilly say you guys can have him forever or something? (laughs) And that's why I had to go back and be like, no, she actually specifically (sighs) said two weeks. Yeah. So they go to the now. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. We do have to set up. She's very much in the place of like, we can get married right now. I can't wait for him to propose. He's been talking about proposing to me. This is obviously the night. I have no indication that that's what he thinks, but this is what I think. Meanwhile... In his inner monologue, he's saying at least they no longer had the pressures of an instant family. There really was no reason they had to get married immediately. So, like, they are on. They're in different books. They're not on different pages. They're in different books right now. 
because she's baby crazy because that's real in this book right so they okay so they're driving and she's like what if when we have sex tonight Mm -hmm. i don't get pregnant right i probably should have sex with him now Uh uh-huh just in case yeah it suddenly occurred to her that if they did it in the car she'd have a head start on the evening after all it might not happen in the first time she hadn't calculated the correct time they might have to do it day and night for an entire month besides she wasn't sure she trusted those sperm what if they got discouraged and swam the wrong way what what does that she is a i don't even know what that means you're not a duck there are no decoy (laughs) canals in there okay oh my god then she starts getting up on him in the car and there are three teenagers outside they've plastered their face onto the side of a stranger's car when two people are making out inside and she's like she says, take me, you animal, she cried, struggling to keep him prone. Mm-hmm. Megan, for Pete's sake, we're in a parking lot. And then he's like, there are th- two kids there. Watching. And, and she says, steam up the windows fast so they can't <laughs> see. As if he can just be like, and steam up those windows. She wants to Titanic this nonsense. Yes. So that they... <laughs> I, you know what I think of? You guys. Do you remember the episode of The Office? I think this may have been like a cold open on The Office. Uh. Where Michael comes in and says that he saw a special about Angelina Jolie adopting like 15 babies from wherever. Yes. And he's decided Uh he wants one too. And Pam (laughs) says it'll be like tens of thousands of dollars and like an eight month waiting period at least to even get Mm -hmm. the application in. And he's like. Ugh, eight months i don't even know if i want a baby in eight months and she's like, <laughs> exactly <laughs> um, that's what this reminds me of it's like it could be a month before i get pregnant what will i do and it's like if your whole thing is you can't wait a month to get pregnant uh like, <laughs> you, you gotta slow down you gotta know we're not in the right headspace to become no. a parent it's a long-term commitment not a short-term now 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 sort of thing yeah okay they go get Chili dogs. So they go to the bar. Okay. This <laughs> this oh, is bananas. Okay. So she gets a kamikaze dog. We don't know what's on it, but we know that it comes with a full bottle of Pepto-Bismol free it of charge. It comes with an Alka-Seltzer packet, but yes. <laughs> what I wanted to be is that it came <laughs> with a full bottle of Pepto-Bismol <laughs> free of charge because... That's what I heard. That would have been amazing. When I listened to this yesterday, I was driving through a straight up blizzard, like hazardous conditions of Alaska (laughs) yesterday. We had record snowfall yesterday. We got like over a foot in a day. (sighs) So I wasn't like listening super hard at times. And what Mm -hmm. I want it to have been is a full bottle of Pepto. (laughs) That would have been hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. And also very Janet Ivanovich. Yeah. It would anyway, have um, so she gets a kamikaze dog for no reason. And she is like <laughs> trying to get him to propose to her. And right, it's very and obvious that he's not going to do it. No. And so she's like, you know what? I'm a modern woman. I'm modern. <laughs> it's 1988, apparently. I yeah. can ask him. So instead of just saying, Pat, I've been thinking about it. And uh-huh. what I would like to do is get married to you. I think that we're both ready and we should get married and i do love you yeah which may have worked maybe for her scheme (laughs) (laughs) um what she does say out loud is something like i want you to put a baby in me oh wait i got i got it i got it 
So, I mean, in her defense, she keeps on trying to ask him things and he keeps on being like, what? What is it? You want my chili dog? So finally she breaks down and she goes, not even close, Hunter. She shouted, I want your baby. Oh my God. You want to marry me or what? (laughs) Because it's a loud, crowded bar. Now the whole bar is looking. (laughs) And then the bartender yells, louder we can't hear yeah because he's like stumbling over his words yeah, trying, he's to, trying to say her. uh no well how about it you want to get married we could make our own baby it would be even better than adopting timmy and the great part is no one would take him away from us we don't have to hire a lawyer or go to court or anything all we have to do is go to bed i love that we went from oh my god this woman has left her baby with us to <laughs> we must have this baby we must hire private investigators and lawyers in order to secure it for ourselves forever because she's a terrible mother and we don't want the baby to go back to her. Yeah, and that narrative was borderline like we need to fudge the facts to make sure everybody thinks Tilly's a bad mom when she hasn't been a bad mom up until this point. Right. To we can no longer have Tilly's baby. (laughs) To we can make a better baby. Fuck that baby. (laughs) Our baby is going to be baby 2.0. That's an even better baby than Tilly's shitty ass shitty baby. Which I was just like, God damn it. Justice for Timmy. Timmy was a fine baby. Nothing wrong with Timmy. Although we wouldn't know if there was because no one checked. Not a single person checked. So he says in so many words. no. No. Then... Over one of their shoulders, we see Dave, who knew where to go to find Pat, because Pat has oh, an right. answering service. Yeah. And that answering yeah. service said, they're at the chili dog place? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he's very like, oh, well, I came out here. I didn't know you had a boyfriend or whatever. And it's like, well, you got Pat's answering service, which maybe would indicate that she has a boyfriend or whatever. So he sure. sits down, eats her kamikaze dog. She's so crazy at this point because now yeah. she's not only the baby crazy that she was before she left for the chili dog place. <laughs> now she's the having been rejected for the third Four or fourth times. time in marriage. And so now she's just like she's on fire with her Looney Tunes brain. She's got eyes as big as saucers right now. I have to say, I, I have just to read fuming. it. Because she's very like fuck this, I will marry anyone Anyone asks now. It can be Pat, it can be Dave, I don't care, someone will marry me tonight. Uh Uh-huh. Which is, um, a lot. Scary. It's scary. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, here it goes. He didn't want to marry her, fine. She'd marry somebody else. She'd marry anyone else. She'd marry Dave if she had to. Yeah. Dave comes over. He literally lifts her up off the floor. Dave's a giant man. He lifts her weightless form off the floor two feet Uh to smooch her face because that's how far apart their faces are. No, to kiss her on the forehead. Oh, worse. Okay, so then she sidles (laughs) up next to Dave feeling his huge biceps and all of that. And she's like, ooh, Dave. And then Uh he's like, I know you have have a boyfriend or like, what's this? And she's like, no, I definitely am not with him. I'm free as a bird. Um, So he's like, great. Glad you said that. I'm going to propose to you. 
What? Look, I got the ring that I took back from you. I kept it. I didn't know why. I guess it's because I thought maybe it would find itself back to you. Okay. So then mm-hmm. um, he does their propose to her. But he also says, he goes over to Pat and he's like, hey, just, just so I go into this with my eyes open, why didn't you want to Oh, wait. Wait, What's wait, your deal? just a sec. What's I'm up? sorry. I have to tell listener how this is worded. Okay. Because it says, hey, I'd like to do some grabbing, Dave said. I'm even prepared to pay for my grabs. He reached into his pocket and extracted a small blue velvet case. Look, sugar, do you know what this is? And that's when he shows her the ring yeah, as payment to grab her bot to put his paws on her body. Yes. It's incredible. But it's because she says, I'm up for grabs. It, it's just, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's like grab literally. I think it is like, I want to marry you grab, but it's still not okay. <sighs> so yeah, he's like, I got to go into this with my eyes open. Why did you reject her? And Dave says, Oh, because she's pregnant and she wanted me to marry her so that the baby would have a dad on his birth certificate. What? And he's like, is that your cake in her oven? Is that which, your like, cake in her oven? Which is like, uh, it's extra. You want to know something weird about my brain? Mm-hmm. That is an extra gross metaphor for me just because cake starts as batter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, like sperm. Yeah. <laughs> cake batter (laughs) i don't know (laughs) so she's like no i'm not i'm i'm not pregnant and and dave is er, and what's his name pat is like no it's denial right like a crazy baby ladies like once he no he says denial is the first form of like after an unwed mother gets pregnant yes denial is the first step it's it's so rough he says it's common for pregnant women to stutter and get overly emotional i know about these things i'm a doctor but and then dave is like a doctor no joke boy that's great yeah great for you listen hey Listen, I just want to point out again that this all started because what's his fuck? Dave says to Pat, why won't you marry her as if she's a commodity? And Pat says, because she's pregnant. What is that even a funny joke? Like, no, I, I, I don't know if we I even really started with be. the fundamental here of like, what, <laughs> why did he even say that? It's not true. It's not funny. Also, why would you say that to a woman in her current emotional landscape? Yeah. Like, she's got a lot of terrain to traverse right now. You were thinking about how to go out for Ethiopian food so that she could just use her hands instead of a knife. (laughs) Yeah, because you didn't want to put cutlery into her hands, Pat. And this is what you pull? Yeah. So then what they decide. (laughs) Then what they decide. In front of her. I hope you guys have have waited like an hour and a half into this podcast to get to this place of just banana pants insanity okay they decide that they will have a competition and the loser the loser the loser to marry megan (laughs) and they're gonna play darts for her for not her no they're not fighting for her they're fighting for the, ob- to not- the obligation. <laughs> They're fighting against the obligation of marriage. To yeah. Her. I don't even know where this comes from. Why would one of them have to marry her at all? I Why don't know. Why can't they just be like, oh man, we both Neither screwed of up us by ever being associated you. with this crazy woman. Let's <laughs> yeah. go home. High five. Why right. do they think that they have to? So then 
one, the beefy one says arm wrestling. The nerdy one says chess. They meet in the middle on darts. Yeah. So Pat throws a dart and it hits a bullseye. So that is a, he is a good at darts. So then he throws a nut. That was a practice dart. So yes. because Pat is a dart, he's able to aim good at dart. Yes. And meanwhile, Dave is like, you're a dart shark. This isn't fair. Yeah, whatever. Dart shark. I'm going to lose and have to marry her. I hate her. Yeah. So then Pat <laughs> winks at, he first he turns to her and says, it's okay, baby. I'm going to try to lose before he does the bullseye, which is yeah. like, I, I don't know. It's Gaslight Central is what it is. So then he throws his second, he winks at her, throws his second dart and hits Dave in the butt. In the booty parts. And then it's very like, he's a baby about it. And it's a whole thing. No, don't come here. Tried to kill me. Don't come near me, you crazy doctor. Right. And then there's a whole thing about whether he did it on purpose. We still don't know. We never will. I'm sure he did. Never. They are driving him home. She's like, okay, Dave, where are we taking? I think they take him to the hospital, actually, get a tetanus shot. Then they take him home. And she's like, Dave, where are we Where are we taking you? And he's like, well, I just assumed says, I'd be staying with you. Yeah. So then she's like, <gasps> okay. And then kicks yeah. Pat out of her car. At his house. It's like, bye, Pat. Goodbye. Goodbye forever. Leave. You don't want to marry me. Takes Dave home. Puts him on the couch or whatever. Then she nurses him for two days with her, her mom. mom does. Yeah. And then, As, but then hit, her mom and dad leave. They go back to Florida to be Florida people. And, <laughs> so, and, then, <laughs> and then Pat shows up at her house. Because he's like, I've been without her for two days and I miss her or whatever. And right. no, no, it's even worse. He's jealous because he, he doesn't thinks want Dave, Dave is still there. Yeah. It's like, oh get my Dave God. out of here. I am not comfortable with Dave being here. And it's like, you just played a game with a man where the loser had to marry this woman. You yeah. have no place to be like, Dave can't be at your house. But she does. Take, so that, but so then, that's fine. No, it's even worse. So then he shows up at the door and she's like, he's on the couch. And he's like, does he have pants on? And she's like, no, he has an ass wound. And he's like, Dave is in your house without pants? And so then he finally, like, doctors him and gives him a Novocaine shot in his butt so that he leaves. Mm -hmm. Like, whatever. And then she's like, I'm packing up and leaving forever. Mm -hmm. And he's like, but I will miss you, question mark, sort of. Yeah. The decision to leave forever comes out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. She says she's leaving to move to Alexandria because that's where she sells most of her pots. As if she has to be in the place where the pots are sold. Right. And doesn't even mention her job at Colonial Williamsburg, which you would think you would have to live. I don't know how far away Alexandria and They're far. They are far. I know they're them far. to be far because I lived no, in D.C. I remember this. she's basically quitting her job and starting over in a new place. She never wants to see Colonial Williamsburg again. Right. Because it reminds her of Pat and Pat is there. And she just starts packing a suitcase as if that's what moving is. That's right. And then he starts unpacking the suitcase as if that's what dissuading a person from moving <laughs> is. <laughs> okay. Then she gets in her car with her one suitcase because, again, that's all her possessions. That's what I don't know. Is? And she's rocketing down the highway toward Alexandria. Pat is in his shitty car that he's said that he has a shitty car because he can't afford a nice car because if he got a nice car, he would have to fire his receptionist. 
he's behind her, his brakes go out, and he rear-ends her. And he rear-ends her hard. Hard. Like, on he accordions her hood into another car. Right. And then he, like, gets her out and checks her for soft and hard injuries. I don't know what doctors do. I don't do. know. So then she's totaled her car. Now she's trapped at her farmhouse because she yes. couldn't move to nowhere. In Alex, to, I do not believe yeah. she purchased a house or an apartment. To no plans. So she she couldn't move to no plans. And <laughs> no plans Alexandria. <laughs> and then he, she's there. I, they have like sex. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> <laughs> they do. <laughs> they have they have pretend sex. They say they say oh, they're yeah. going to pretend for one more night. Pretend sex for one night. <laughs> And then, okay, so then he leaves. She's trapped there because she doesn't have a car. Her car is worth 100. Her car is totaled. They're going to give her $150, y'all. $150. You know what is the worst part about this, you guys? She's trapped at that farmhouse with that fucking fat <laughs> horse that she hates. <laughs> she hates this fat horse. She loves horses, but she hates this shitty fat horse. she hates that horse. one because it's so can't fucking even fat. lose weight. And it's so... <laughs> So the owner of the horse is like gone for a couple of days and has asked her to like go out and feed it an apple. Um, no, because that's what she does. No, that's what she does. no, it's crazy. That's no, what she they, taking care they of ask horses. her. She just gives it an apple. <laughs> okay, so he comes over and brings her groceries. I think because she's yeah. trapped there. That's nice, I guess. So then, when well, he's trying to get it in some more, yeah, you know, but it didn't, on the side. But then she doesn't see him for like three days, mm-hmm. and she's going stir crazy, and she misses him. So she and then goes it's out raining, to this horse. And it's pouring. And she goes out to this this poor, poor fat, fat horse. <laughs> and it's sad. Is miserable. It doesn't look good. And it's pacing it's around. Weird. And so she's like, she's like, and I'm like, oh, I know what's going on. It's so fat. It's so fat. So she tries to call the vet to be like, can you fix my fat horse? Do you have a liposuction machine? I hate her. So then she calls a pediatrician <laughs> to fix a horse. Yep. It reminds me so much of Rick and Morty where the, the wife God. is a horse doctor, like specifically. Yeah. <laughs> it's always like horse surgery. Um, but that's also a real a job. Horse doctor, she, she calls, calls a pediatrician. A local pediatrician. So he comes out. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, also, he bought her a new car when he brought the groceries. Oh, yeah. He bought her um, a car. So he also, doesn't have like, a receptionist doesn't he now. he need a new car or, like, fixed brakes or something? Like, doesn't he also need a new car? Because didn't he ram his car into her car and it also had no brakes when this happened? What about this doesn't track in this book Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It just <laughs> occurred to me. So then he drives his car with no brakes, apparently, yeah. out to the farmhouse to check on the horse and he finds out oh my god the horse is pregnant the horse is super fucking pregnant it's in labor you guys the owner didn't know that or the and then it takes all of two paragraphs this book that has fit chapters talking to me about duke of gloucester street or whatever (laughs) it takes four sentences to deliver a horse baby and there it is including the horse including him putting his arm all the way up that horse's poon and like fixing a hoof so that it can come out again because pediatrician well and this poor fat shamed horse has just been in distress because it cannot birth its baby you mean horrible person so how dare you this horse Shits out a smaller horse. <laughs> yeah. And then they're there with their like ho- their horse 
their new horse that they've birthed. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Pat's like, every obstacle that I put up in front of myself no longer matters because horses can have babies. Well, and also, like, you know how she said she <laughs> wanted a horse? Is this the horse she gets? Is this the horse she gets or is this the horse she takes? Because she has a history. <gasps> she does have a history of taking things babies. that are not hers. And I believe <laughs> that this is the horse that's meant to be her horse in the book. I see you <laughs> holding your boobs. I know. I'm distressed about it as well. Am mad. So then they're just <laughs> sitting there. The placenta's sliding out of the horse. Um, oh, yeah. They're just sitting there and they're just like, Christmas wedding? Yeah. Sure. All of a sudden, both of them are like, so we're going to get married now. Yeah. And this book that I've wanted to be over for weeks, I turn the page and I'm just like, what? That's the end? This is the climactic this scene with a horse end. that was mentioned one time, three quarters of the way in? Yeah. Christmas wedding? Sure. Turn page. No more book. <laughs> Not that I'm upset, but like I'm a little upset. <laughs> what? I, I invested in this book. $30 and and a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, yes. frankly. All right. Well. So horses can have babies so they can get married. That is the worst book I've ever read. Yeah. Do you have a lady love? God, I do. And it's a good one. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. I was reflecting today because I really am thankful for a lot. And part of it is that we can read things like this and still have a really, really fun time together. And then I started thinking about all of the connections that we've made because of this podcast. And so my lady love is in two parts. One, if you haven't already, or even if you had, if you have already, listen to the Wicked Wallflowers Club episode 103. It is Angelina M. Lopez because she just published Lush Money, which I've heard is incredible. So the first part of it is really fun for like you and me, Erin, mm -hmm. because it's all about how Angelina was one of the first listeners to Wicked Wallflowers Club. Like, I think she was she was the Spartacus of the Spartaci for mm -hmm. them. And in the episode, she talks about how Finding Romance podcast was really, really nice because it was one of the first times that she was like, oh, my gosh, this is such a cool, easy way to connect with people and listen to really smart, badass women talk about this thing that we all love so much. And so... That was a fun thing for me to listen to just because, you know, we're one of the romance podcasts out there. But then part of the interview is all about her journey to becoming an author because it took her about 20 years. Wow. She raised kids. She was doing things. She she put manuscripts into um, publishers and she was like she was rejected a bunch and mm -hmm. she realized that the rejection wasn't a rejection forever. It helped fuel her into becoming a better writer. And so Lush Money is her debut novel after 20 years of like working toward it. And part of the interview was so awesome because she was like, I personally knew that I couldn't be the romance author I wanted to be while I was raising kids. A lot of women are capable of doing it. And she just knew that that wasn't in her at that time. And so it's really, really cool because we have so many authors who listen to this who are like, when am I going to get my break? Or like, you know, with her, it's a little bit different because 
self-publishing didn't really exist when she started her like journey to being a romance author Mm -hmm. and she knew she wanted to go the traditional publishing route Mm -hmm. but she was like a lot of it is like Jenny and her talking about how you need to be kind to yourself Mm -hmm. and like even if you're just writing one scene for penthouse like Jenny does once a month she's like if that's the only words that I get down on paper I'm okay with that because I know that I'm still honing my mm-hmm. craft, even in a tiny way, mm-hmm. like the, the smallest way that I'm capable of. So that episode is just so empowering in so many different ways. And it got me like thinking about how grateful I am for this tiny sisterhood of podcasts mm-hmm. that we have found ourselves in. So if you haven't yet, like, please go listen to Wicked Wallflowers Club listen to Faded Mates. Jen and Sarah are talking about romance in some of the smartest ways I've ever heard. I mean, that's just how Mm -hmm. they work and Mm -hmm. it's incredible. And then Black Chicklet is Mm -hmm. about more than just romance. And they talk about so many different topics. They talk about like news over all of the literary genre. I know I've mentioned it before, but their version of The Wedding Date. Yes. um, If you enjoyed us slamming the wedding date you will definitely enjoy that group yeah. of friends slamming the wedding date yeah because they it's had not Mocha only girl on there yes. and a couple of other people like they had some guests on there too for that one and not people that usually read romance all of them yes which, yeah which i thought was really interesting mm-hmm. and from obviously a very different perspective than we read it um and correct also uh did not like the book that much <laughs> right <laughs> uh, it's a really funny episode yeah, they so also, Wicked Wallflowers uh, interviewed Faded Beverly Mates. Jenkins, which was a great episode. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, incredible. Um, yeah, so Wicked Wallflowers Club, Faded Mates, Black Chicklet. I'm so thankful to brush shoulders with them and exist in the same ecosystem and support each other. And I would love for all of our listeners to support them too. So that's my lady love. What a beautiful lady love. Thank you. Um. They make these olives in little packets. And <laughs> <laughs> little snack olives. Um, I encountered them first in the Mediterranean tapas uh, snack pack mm. on uh, Alaska Airlines flights. It's usually yeah. the snack pack I get when they get to the back and they're all out of the regular meal yeah. options. Um, if I happen to get seated in the back, which is like, how dare they? Do they know who I am? Right. I'm an MVP. I know. <laughs> um, but sometimes it happens, and I get the Mediterranean tapas snack pack, and they have mm-hmm. these this little packet of olives that are packed loose without the juice, and they're garlic flavored, Whoa. and they're delicious. And if you just Google up like a snack olive pouch, you're gonna find them. There's there are several different brands. I prefer mm-hmm. the Mario brand. However, it's it's whatever floats your boat because there's there's different yeah. flavors. There's chili pepper flavors. There's like sweeter flavors. There's garlicky flavors, herby flavors. Um, and I don't like an olive. I will pick an olive off of my pizza, but I like Whoa. these olives. Huh. And they're only like they're like just a little, just a little, little, little snack. How it's great. Fun. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's pretty much the same as your lady love, um, because yeah, yours was sisterhood and podcasting <laughs> and living your dreams and pursuing yeah. something relentlessly for twenty years until you can finally <laughs> manifest it. And mine was a tiny little packet of snack olives. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. These so, are my favorite pairings of Lady Loves. Me too. Can I and I don't know why I continue quick? to let you go first. Because every time you're like, I have one, 
yours is this. Every time you're excited about it, and I'm like, sure, fucking go first. That's fine. Whatever you want. Every time I fuck up by doing that. Every time. I'm like, here's an ice cream box. Although, although. That has become the cult ice cream. Yeah, because remember, that yeah. was the time that you were like mad about abortion laws. Not that you'd become not mad yes. about abortion laws, but that right, was the right, time right. that you went on for like 10 minutes about how we need to really fight this <laughs> yeah. uh, evil in the world. And I said ice cream bars. And guess what caught on in the cult? Oh, yeah. Not fighting abortion laws, but rather <laughs> the yogurt bars. So. <laughs> Point one for Aaron. <laughs> I'm I'm also sure that fighting abortion laws also. But also, yeah, there was a lot of fighting abortion, and laws also like we donated like thousands of dollars to Yellow Hammer Fund yeah. because of the, that was because such a big thing in the cult. Um, anyway, you can find us at oh, on. Yeah. Ooh, God, I I started off with so much gusto and then it just <laughs> came right down. Uh, Facebook Heaving Bosoms <laughs> podcast. Uh, Facebook group is the Heaving Bosoms podcast geriatric friendship cult. A thousand five hundred members and growing strong. Crazy. No assholes. All nice people. Yeah. Instagram Heaving Bosoms. Is that it? Yeah, that's right. Good. That's Heaving Bosoms. That's it. Yes. Uh, Twitter Heaving underscore Bosoms. Website yes. HeavingBosoms dot com. Mm. Go there. And click the thing in the upper left-hand corner. If you want things like the Heaving Bosoms Reading Embrace 2019, you're too late, guys. It's November. You're too mm. late. You cannot start that Reading Embrace, but some people can finish it. Listen, no, you can You can start I, it. It's an listen, embrace. It's an embrace because it's that we don't want to... Pr- if people start it, they're going to feel they're gonna feel not embraced. They're going to feel no, stressed. No, make whatever you read Just this wait. year fit into the categories. doesn't even matter. Sure, yeah. Just wait, though. Just wait until Reading Embrace yeah. 2020. Listen, merch. There's merch in there. Our uh, Redbubble merch. Yeah. What else? I don't know. Our FAQ is pretty good. Yeah, the FAQ is go. a hidden gem. Heating Bosoms Podcast at gmail.com for all your questions and concerns. All right. Yeah, email us about anything, you guys. Email us all We're the time. We're always here to listen. We might answer, we might not, but we will read it. That's right. All right. All right. Keeping a badass and love yourself. As much as you love that poor fat horse, and justice for that. <laughs> I was going to say napkin dick jokes, but I like for poor that, fat horse. For that goddamn pregnant God, horse. why would that horse just lose weight? God damn what it. A shitty, slovenly yeah. horse. God. I'm going to get a slick horse, horse. It's going to be a good horse that's pretty. Yeah. With a shitty, dull-coated <laughs> mess of a horse. <laughs> I'm going to give it one sliver of hay. (laughs) All right. That's right. We've got to read a good book soon. Let's read a good one soon. (gasps) Uh, Yeah, we We have a good one soon. It's going to be fine. Yes. Okay. All right. All right. I love you tons, Erin. Love you. Bye. All right. Bye. Hey, you. Yes, listener, you. Are you loving the show? If so, please leave a rating and review in your podcast app. The 90 seconds you take to say something nice not only helps new people find the show, but it makes me super smile over at HBHQ. Also, I've had a few people ask, and the answer is yes. We are still doing the five-star bribe. If you leave us a review with five stars, then we'll do whatever book you want. 
We're real, real deep into the list, though, so it might be a while. Ah, Lilas. Okay, back to the show. <laughs> 